0: Hey there, this is Mike, and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you myself, that where I am, you may be also." That's from the 14th chapter of John. I was raised to believe that meant that this man, Jesus, was going to go to heaven after he died and get my house in heaven ready for me. All I have to do is say the right prayer and well make sure I don't die before getting forgiveness for my sins, and certainly, God forbid, not die while I'm committing a sin. And if I take care of all that, then all I need to do is show up in heaven and my furnished house is ready for me. Maybe St. Peter will be at the gate or at my front door with the keys to my new house. (laughs) Heaven isn't on some other planet or hidden behind the clouds. Heaven is within me, within you. In the Hebrew cosmology, there's heaven, earth, and Sheol. Heaven is for God, the supernatural beings. Earth is for the living and Sheol is for the dead. Heaven is made of two Hebrew words, meaning sky and water. So literally it means sky water. They didn't mean it literally. They didn't mean that heaven is literally up there behind the clouds. Imagine you're living 5,000 years ago. You're sitting on a rocky outcropping under a clear night sky. There are no city lights. There isn't any technology to mar the landscape. It's a dome of stars, endless points of light from horizon to horizon. That image fills me with a sense of wonder. Well, what better way to explain to others where God is? They liken it to the expanse of stars in the heavens that surround us. Jesus clears it up in the New Testament. People of that time had grown up with the scriptures, what Christians call the Old Testament today. And they didn't just have the Hebrew texts. They studied ancient Hindu writings, and they were very familiar with the Greek and Roman religions as well, and Egyptian. There's even a reference in Ezekiel to the god Tammuz. Think of the New Testament as a collection of writings by people who were experiencing their scriptures, the Old Testament, as a personal experience within themselves and not a literal history. In Luke 17, it says the Pharisees, those who took it all literally and went by the strict rules of the time, asked Jesus, awakened imagination, when the kingdom of God would come. He tells them that it isn't anywhere at some point in time and space that you can point to. He says, the kingdom of God is within you. Some translations use the phrase in your midst instead of within. But look it up for yourself. Luke 17, 21 with a Strong's concordance. You'll see what the word means. It means inside, within. So the kingdom, this realm is within you. It is you. I was raised to pray to that outside being up there somewhere, hoping he'd grant me my wish. Maybe, if I've been good enough, he will. Maybe he wasn't paying attention when I cursed out my brother. Yeah, I'm a good kid. I do deserve it. Well, maybe I don't deserve it. Hmm. Maybe he's making me suffer to teach me a lesson. That's what it is. Well, if he thinks I deserve it, I'll, I'll get what I'm asking for. Prayer isn't some form of begging or pleading or negotiating with the invisible God. Prayer is movement. In the Old Testament, it means to intervene. In the New Testament, to pray is made up of two Greek words. The first word means motion toward. The second means to wish. When I pray, I am moving toward the fulfillment of my wish. My Father's house is within me. And that's where I find the many houses, the many infinite, really, states of consciousness. And I can pick any of them to inhabit. And the words of Jesus, I go and prepare a place for you. I will come again and will take you to Myself, that where I am you may be also, is taking place within Me. I move from the state I am in, this state of want, the state in which the thing I want is still only a want, into the state in which it's already actualized. And like Jesus says in that verse, once I prepare that state, imagination will take me to that place. When I have a desire, I am thinking of that state, seeing it from a distance, from the state of not having it. When I move in imagination, when I pray, I'm going to that place where and when I am already the fulfillment of the thing desired. Neville uses the terms awareness, consciousness, God, and imagination interchangeably. If you grew up in church, you might think that's blasphemy. And I'm not going to try to convince you otherwise. I have no need to proselytize, to convince you. You'll discover the truth of who you are. That is inevitable. The most effective way for me to get to know who I am is by daily practicing this art of imagining, as Neville calls it. Try it. Take a few moments sit down in a chair or while you're lying in bed, imagine you're elsewhere in your house. I started doing this when I was stuck in bed after flipping backward out of my wheelchair a couple of years ago. I'd be lying in bed and imagine I was sitting in the living room in my favorite chair. I'd sit there in the chair in imagination until I could feel the reality of actually being in the chair. I'd feel the fabric of the upholstery. I'd pick up the TV remote and feel the buttons with my thumb. Now, it wasn't super easy at first. Initially, it felt like I was attached to a giant rubber band. And if I let up at all, I'd get yanked back by this rubber band back to my body, <laughs> snap right back to my where my body actually was on the bed. But I kept doing it. I kept practicing this art of movement. When I got comfortable with moving around my house, I started going places I'd never gone before, like moving to my ceiling and being aware of my body beneath me on the bed. And I'd look down at my body and see the room from that new point of view. I'd pick anywhere in the world. Then, instead of being Mike moving to all these places, I started moving my awareness of my body as me to being aware of being the ceiling, not just on the ceiling, but I am the ceiling and the walls around me and everything within me. I'd pick a tree. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite tree If you've listened to my podcasts or follow me on Facebook. You know, the tree, my mulberry tree. It's still standing after the storm. But I picked that tree and imagined I was the tree. I became aware of being the tree and feeling the breeze blowing through my limbs and feel myself swaying to the wind. And then I would shift my awareness to the Carolina Wren on the branches of the tree. And then from there to being the wind causing the movement of the tree If all of this, what I'm talking about now, is foreign to you, you might be thinking that this is too strange and really not helpful, not useful for you to get the things that you want out of life. I'm telling you that if you take this to heart, really start to practice and make it fun, you'll get loose, as it were. (laughs) I'm quoting Neville there. I wish I could do it in his voice when he's talking about practicing movement. He says that, that with this practice, it gets easier and you'll get loose, as it were. You'll start to see how easy movement is. Your world, as you've come to know it, will change in so many wonderful ways. You won't have to worry about reprogramming your subconscious or concern yourself with a belief in limiting beliefs or a belief in loss of any kind. Nothing is lost on my holy mountain. That's your awareness of being saying that. That's in the Bible, but that's you saying that to you. Nothing is lost. That holy mountain is within you. Nothing is ever truly lost. Nothing is impossible. As long as you're in the state you call Jim or Kathy or Kim or Mike, you're always expressing the results of your state. So while you're conscious of being who you are, you can never experience nothing. So nothing is impossible. And nothing is impossible. (laughs) The nothingness that you really are encompasses everything and all things and no things. But on this level, you are conscious of being you, having a conscious experience. So since you're always expressing the results of a state of consciousness, why not get to know your imagination as yourself? What better way to get to know who you really are than by making it a fun daily practice to move in consciousness? And don't assume it's going to be difficult. I know for me, it was very strange at first. After I was healed, we were able to move our bed back upstairs to the master bedroom. One day while lying on the bed, I didn't make a decision where to go. I was just lying there in the silence. I just let my awareness move from my body. And I felt a snap Uh, Or or more accurately, I felt what a snap sounds like. (laughs) I found myself suddenly midway down our staircase. And at that moment, I was a little disoriented. I'd forgotten where I had just been and wondered what I was doing on the stairs. So I turned to go upstairs. And when I got near the top of the stairs, I fell forward into space. I didn't physically hit the carpet, I just fell forward. That was the sensation I felt. Imagine dunking your face in a huge tub of water. That's what it felt like. I went face down into everything. The entire universe surrounded me suddenly and universes I didn't know existed were all around me and all within me. It was just a little glimpse, a little taste of other experiences I'd be having in the months and years to come. And in that vastness that was me, a voice within me said, you're going places. And then I was pulled back out of this pool of, uh, pool of universes (laughs) and it was back at the top of my stairs. So I kept walking to my bedroom at the end of the hall. I slid the door open and walked over to where I'd left my body And there it was, I stood there looking down at the body. I'd left moments before the earbuds that I'd put in my ears were still there. The same clothes that I was wearing. So I stood there for a moment, looking down at that body that was lifeless. I decided to move back to the body on the bed. As soon as I assumed that I was that body on the bed. I could feel the bed beneath me. I I didn't open my eyes. I wanted to keep playing with this. While lying there, I was aware of me still standing next to the bed where I was a moment before. You know that sensation when, with your eyes closed, you can feel the presence of someone else next to you. That's what I felt lying there back on the bed. I could feel myself still there standing next to the bed, looking down at me. I moved back to that standing position, looking down at the body that I was just in. And I switched back and forth several times. Uh, I really don't remember how many times until I really just got tired of doing it. It fascinated me, but there came a point where I was like, okay, that's enough. Whether you're moving in ways that I just described or moving into the feeling of your wish fulfilled, it's all the same movement. Even saying movement implies there's distance between you and the realization of your desires or distance between anything. All is God, consciousness, imagination. There is only one and there is no true separation and there is no distance. On this level, we detect movement by a change in position from a point of reference. I'm in a state of want. I'm aware of lacking something. That's a state. The state I'm in lacks something that I now want. If I had it in that state, then there wouldn't be that lack. I wouldn't feel the lack of that thing. I can move from that state by assuming the feeling of being in another state, a state in which that desire is already fulfilled. While I'm in that feeling, I can remember how that old state used to feel I can rem- reminisce on how things used to be when I didn't have what I now have. I can detect movement because now I have a point of reference. That old state of lack where I used to be and I've moved right there, that's movement. Jesus is made to say, I go to prepare a place for you and I will come again and take you with me. That where I am, you may be also. That's you, that's your I amness that's what the name means, I am saves. My awareness of being, your awareness of being is speaking there. When you move an imagination, you're doing what Jesus is talking about, preparing a place for you, and you'll be taken to the wishes fulfillment on the physical level if you trust imagination. Trust that you fertilized that state, that you really moved there in imagination. If you felt the reality of it, then you've moved. If you do it and then go back to your life of worry and fear and doubt, well, you're you didn't. You're not occupying the state. You'll stay stuck in your state of self-pity and lack until you stick to what you imagine. It's not difficult when you have those moments of doubt. Notice it and stop it right there. You don't have to say anything out loud, cancel. You don't have to plead the blood of Jesus or rebuke it in the name of Jesus or cast out the devil. You don't have to run back to your vision board or find a new affirmation. I'm saying this in love, I love you. You don't need to do any of that. All of that is still within this state of consciousness. You don't need to do anything except change your state. And when I notice I'm having a fearful doubt uh, or a fearful thought or doubts creeping in or react to someone in a way, I catch it right there. And I don't continue the thought and I don't state this all out. But what I'm doing is reminding myself of the feeling that I had when I moved into the state of my wish fulfilled. I'm just reminding myself that I've done it. I've already imagined it, and it's done. And it doesn't matter what the physical senses tell me. I know that imagining creates reality. I know I am not this body. And I know that even though there may be people that are just a reflection of what I'm believing, that might want to throw stones at me like the Bible says, the facts of the world, toss them at me. You can't do that. Your house is in shambles. Look what the storm did to your house. Your ceilings are caved in upstairs and downstairs. What are you going to do? I rebuild it. So this doesn't matter. I'm actually in the house right now. The house that was uh, (laughs) hit by the storm last month. I'm in it to pack up some things today. And I'm looking around and I feel no desperation or sadness or regret, not one bit. This isn't a bad thing that happened. This is a thing that happened. All part of the states that I'm dwelling in. And this, I really can't, uh, even looking around at the destruction, I see beauty. I see life and love. So I can tell you, I'm not just repeating what somebody else says. I can tell you that the facts of the world don't mean shit. They don't. So practice moving. Neville talked about how we would, he, would, uh, he would look at a piece of wood until he became conscious of being that little piece of wood or even a glass of water. Pick anything you want, I do. Pick any object if you wanna practice and play with that. Pick any state you want The more you do it, the easier this gets. You'll realize you're not just a cog in some cosmic machine, but you are the machine, and the creator of the machine, and even the awareness beyond the creator. I love you. This is Feeling Twisty.